It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Where the focus should be for Washington moving into the final four weeks of the season, a big blow to their chances in Philly, and more on Taylor Heineke and the future of the quarterback position right now on this episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. You are Locked On Washington Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. Going solo on today's episode, my co-host Chris Russell, a little under the weather, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the Odyssey app after pushing through their block on Monday, guys. I just I just had to give him the night off. Couldn't couldn't make him strain the vocal cords any more than he already had. So we, uh, we all obviously hope that Chris feels better soon. He should be back tomorrow with his normal Wednesday episode. We thank you, of course, for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. If you want to wish the rooster well, hit him up on Twitter at WrestleMania621. You can find me at DHarrison82. And you can find the show at Pod Again, thank you for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. Of course, we wish we were getting into the conversations this week under better circumstances uh, than we are coming off of the 27-20 loss by the Washington football team to the Dallas Cowboys. But... All is not lost, and I think that's kind of where we want to start today's episode here, talking playoff scenarios after week 14. Now, at full disclosure, as I'm recording this, the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams have not played yet. However, really, in the grand scheme of things, both of those teams are ahead of Washington in the standings. Both of those teams are likely going to finish ahead of Washington in the standings. You don't really see the epic collapse kind of coming. The Los Angeles Rams maybe losing the last four or five games of the year and giving way to a team like Washington to move up into maybe the fifth seed in the NFC playoffs. I mean, hey, listen, stranger things have happened, so I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but let's. I want to kind of focus in on things that are more likely. We got to talk about the NFC East division, right? There was an article that went up on SI.com that said, you know, the, the, that said the chances for the Washington football team to win the NFC East division are all but dead, and that's that's fairly accurate. But the fight is not over yet here, guys, right? And, and there's a slim chance here, but there's still a chance, right, as they like to say. In order to clinch the division, in week 15, the Dallas Cowboys have to beat the New York Giants, and then they need Washington to beat the Eagles because they want to keep that tiebreaker uh, intact. There, So you want to knock the Eagles down. You want to elevate the Washington football team if you're the Dallas Cowboys a little bit here. Then, all right, and this is according to ESPN's research, between the Arizona Cardinals, Cincinnati Bengals, Chargers, Dolphins, Vikings, and Patriots, those six teams. So, again, Cardinals, Bengals, Chargers, Dolphins, Vikings, Patriots, five of those six teams have to win in week 15, if five of those six teams win, then it basically catapults the Cowboys up enough in, in tiebreakers and all that stuff that they effectively clinch the NFC East division. But if two or more of those teams lose, 
then Dallas cannot clinch the division just yet. And in fact, it would set up a week 16 clash between your Washington football team in Dallas to face the Cowboys, at which time the Cowboys with a win could clinch the division or Washington could once again make this a very interesting race getting to the finish line by pulling off the upset victory and, and keeping that door open just a little bit. Now, if the Cowboys and Buccaneers both win next week, then Dallas clinches a playoff berth. And at first, those of you listening to this might say, okay, well, hopefully the Cowboys lose first and foremost, and, I, and I'm, I'm with that, and hopefully the Buccaneers lose if the Cowboys win so that uh, they don't get a, they don't clinch a playoff berth, at least make them wait another week uh, to potentially clinch a playoff berth. But what I will say is, is maybe that's not the right way to go because you're looking at small picture problem versus big picture problems, right? Small picture problem is you want to win the division. Honestly, that's the small that's the small picture of the postseason. Like, if you're not getting the number one seed, then it doesn't really matter. Like, you want to host a game, and and I get all that, okay. But in today's NFL, how much of a home field advantage is a home field advantage? Like, we don't really see like they, they talk about the twelves and the Seattle Seahawks and having that you know that great home field advantage, and maybe outside of weather. But honestly, if you're playing in Tampa or you're playing in Dallas, or you're playing in Washington, or you're playing in Arizona or Los Angeles. Like, the home field advantage weather-wise really isn't there right now with the teams that are in this race from an NFC standpoint. Even the teams in inclement weather, you look at Minnesota, they play in a dome. So really, you're talking fans. And if you're one of the fans that could potentially attend a home playoff game, then obviously you care a little bit more. But again, that's a small picture problem. Big picture problem is period. Be in the playoffs. Like that. That's it. Like that's the first step. Is win is is get into the tournament. You can't win the tournament if you're not in the darn thing. So get in the tournament first for Washington to get into the tournament. All right. They currently have a 24.8 percent chance of making the playoffs. So pretty good, and just a 1.7 percent chance of winning the division. So we talk about that again, right? But let's worry about making the playoffs first. And before anybody out there scoffs about getting in as a wild card, you know, and having to go on the road, listen, the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers got swept by the New Orleans Saints during the regular season, lost the NFC South, had to travel to Washington. You guys all remember that uh, to, to start their playoff run. And then they went to New Orleans, beat them there, went to Green Bay, beat them there before hosting uh, just because of, you know, sheer dumb luck, really hosting the Super Bowl in Tampa and defeating the Kansas City Chiefs. So. Again, you don't have to. You want to, right? But small world problems versus big world problems. You don't have to host a playoff game to win. You want to play or host a playoff game in order for, for your chances to win, okay? No clinching scenario for Washington. Washington cannot clinch a playoff position, you guys. I'm sure you assumed that, but just to verify that, okay? But first and foremost, you got to beat the Eagles. Like, period, point blank, you have to win. It's a must win of all must wins in this season. You have to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles because right now you're both 6-7. and seven. If the Philadelphia Eagles beat you, they're seven and seven. You're six and eight. They've got a tiebreaker. The Cowboys got a tiebreaker. All kinds of tiebreakers just going all around uh, the NFC East. Not a good situation for the Washington football team. Then you also want losses by the Minnesota Vikings, which coincidentally would actually help you also keep the Cowboys from clinching the division because Minnesota, one of those six teams, that five of those six need to win for Dallas to clinch. So the Vikings losing actually helps your chances of not seeing the Cowboys clinch in week 15. Then if you're a Washington fan, you need the Falcons to lose to the 49ers in San Francisco. That should be a thing that, that is able to happen. And then here's where you got to take your, your focus and really drive on it. The New Orleans Saints also need to lose. You, all three of those teams, Minnesota, the Falcons, and New Orleans Saints, all six and seven, you want all of them to lose, which means the Buccaneers would have to win. And then again, if Dallas wins, then the, the Cowboys clinch a playoff berth. But listen, if the, if the Cowboys clinch a playoff berth, and it helps Washington get one step closer 
to a playoff berth. I think you take that, right? I think I think that's okay. You 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 can accept that. Um, obviously, okay. But first and foremost, like I said, you have to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, on Monday. Those chances got significantly hurt against one uh, the the best rushing team in the National Football League from the quarterback on down. Uh, Jonathan Allen, defensive lineman, landing on the reserve COVID nineteen list for the Washington Football Team. That makes nine players currently. Jonathan Allen, at the time of this recording, defensive lineman. Jonathan Allen, William Bradley King, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, and, of course, Montez Sweat, all on the reserve COVID-19. That's five defensive linemen on the reserve COVID-19 list. Daryl Roberts also on that list. David Mayo also tested positive. He's on the list. Kalik Hudson is on that list in tight end. Tameric Hemingway also on that list. So nine players now. Uh, and J.P. Finley posted, pointed it out, guys. It all started essentially with Montez Sweat. Not saying that Montez gave it to all of them. But there, there's, you know, there's coincidences in life, and there are not coincidences in life. Obviously, that is going to be a problem for the Washington football team as they get ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Late Monday evening, Tom Pelissero of NFL Media reported via a tweet that a Tier 3 staffer with the Washington football team tested positive for the Omicron vir- variants of the COVID-19 virus, and Nikki Javala of the Washington Post also tweeted, Washington is now in enhanced COVID protocols, which means all players and staff, regardless of vaccination status, are required to test daily, wear masks indoors at the, at the team's facilities, and meet virtually. Great news, perfect timing for a team in the midst of a playoff hunt. So Monday, before they even get back to work, really, to start their planning, preparation, and practice for the for the Eagles, their chances already taking a huge blow in a must-win Week 15 matchup. Be another roster move made late Monday afternoon. Uh, the the Washington football team claimed claimed offensive lineman Jamel Douglas off of waivers from. The Buffalo Bills. We're going to get into more conversation about your Washington football team, including the quarterback. Look, it's not just me, guys. We got some voicemails. Uh, we got some people that want to chime in on this conversation. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about Taylor Heineke and what his injury, right? An, in- an update on his injury, of course, but then we're also going to talk about what his performance means for the Washington football team chances the rest of the season and also moving into the future. Hopefully going to drop a little bit of knowledge on everybody listening to this podcast because that's why you listen to podcasts, right? And you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of your favorite podcasts, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power as well, and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and the knowledge you'll gain, Just imagine how powerful you can become. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out now. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Again, that's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Back now for segment two here at the Lockdown Washington football team podcast. Thank you for making this podcast your first listen every day. David Harrison, your host for today's episode on Twitter at dharrison82. The show can be found at Pod. My co-host Chris Russell not here with me today on Twitter at Russellmania621. We are free and we are available 
on all platforms. We're going to get into a little bit more Taylor Heineke conversation, and we're going to do so with the help of a fan of the Burgundy and Gold. Hello, Chris. Hey, David. This is uh, Bill from Arkansas. Been a long time since I said anything. Way back in the day, uh, still Burgundy and Gold took I'm dead and cold. Major disappointment, man, on the part of Heineke. If this doesn't tell us we need a quarterback for the future, I don't know what to say to the rest of you guys. I mean, come on. This man is willing to throw in the triple coverage, quadruple coverage. It doesn't matter to him. I mean, even when they left him holes where he could have scrambled through, he still chose to throw the ball into dangerous situations. Come on, man. Then when Allen came in, seems like, you know, we came back. I mean, Allen ain't played since I don't know when. It's just that obvious. Come on. So I don't want to hear any, anything else about Heineke. I mean, yeah, he did a good job up until the point, but really? Did he? Landon Collins did his thing. Uh, defense, they held it down as best as they possibly could. Held, held the offense of Dallas, man, to only three points the second half. We can't complain about that. We, we need a quarterback. Bottom line. Let me know what you guys think about that. I'm out. All right, Bill, appreciate the phone call. And, yeah, you can hear the force for the frustration in the voice. And I'm not going to lie, guys. Obviously, it wasn't a good game by Taylor Heineke. It wasn't a good game by a lot of people. Antonio Gibson, uh, again, continuing to lead the league uh, among running backs in fumbles with his, I think it was his fourth fumble loss of the season. Not really happy about his comments after the game. Asked about it, he kind of said, well, you know, stuff happens. You know, I'm going to replace That's paraphrasing. Uh, stuff kind of happens. Well, you know, you're a running back. The first the first job a running back has in the National Football League is to carry the football. So if you can't carry the football, it's kind of like a wide receiver that can't catch. There's only so much room for error when it comes to those situations. Now, on the flip side of that, Antonio Gibson, also one of the better running back talents in the National Football League. And I think that's what kind of keeps people coming back for more. That being said, we're not in the same boat necessarily with Taylor Heineke, even in some of his best games of his of the season of his career and Chris and I have been on record before anybody out there says you know this is just David being hard on Taylor Heineke again go back to the four game winning streak and you'll hear plenty of praise for Taylor Heineke managing the game the way that it needed to be managed now point still stands however and I pointed this out in the in the build up to this weekend's game this previous weekend's game against Dallas Cowboys the Washington football team when they throw the ball more than 35 times with Taylor Heineke as a starting quarterback they lose and and that's not a coincidence and it's not just uh, it's not an anecdotal number you know, that can be explained away with, well, you know, obviously they're losing. That's why they're passing so much. Again, like Bill, you just pointed out there, the Washington football team defense gives up three points in, in the second half of this game. And those three points come off of the Antonio Gibson fumble. Like The defense came out and shut down the Cowboys offense after they recovered that fumble, didn't allow them to get into the end zone. They take the field goal. But going back to Heineke here, easily, the, the it's, it's actually the second worst QBR uh, of his his starting career, which is only this season in the National Football League, 55.7 total. Uh, the only one worse than that was New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints, 47.6 total, two interceptions in that game, completed just 48% of his passes. In this one, guys, Taylor Heineke completes 44% of his passes. You know, again, Los Angeles and Arizona have not played as of right now, but he led the NFL this week in, in Week 14 with turnover-worthy plays. Again, that's a stat tracked by Pro Football Focus with four of them tied with Trevor Lawrence and with Dak Prescott. Now, the difference between the three quarterbacks is the turnover-worthy percentage. 11.1% of Taylor Heineke's plays were turnover-worthy plays, of his passes were turnover-worthy plays. You look at Trevor Lawrence and Dak Prescott, 8.5% for Trevor Lawrence, 7.7% for Dak Prescott because of how many pass attempts they had. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 40 times 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dak Prescott threw the ball 39 times. Taylor Heineke, guys, in a loss, threw the ball 25 times. So in a losing effort, the Washington football team still threw the ball just over 50%. In a losing effort, 20 down 24 points at halftime. They threw the ball just barely over 50%, 50% of their offense. That includes the pass attempts that came from Kyle Allen there towards the end of the game after Heineke was injured. So that's significant because what it tells that what it shows the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is what we were talking about before the Cowboys game is if you force the Washington football team to have to throw the ball, have to put the ball in Taylor Heineke's hands, bottom line guys, those that's your best opportunity to win the game. A lot of people were coming at me on Twitter on the Locked on Washington Football Team podcast page because of the tweet that I sent out about the pass they threw to, to Terry McLaurin. One of the several incomplete passes ends up with Terry McLaurin suffering a concussion. I'm not saying that Taylor Heineke set him up for the concussion or said, you know, Terry's health be damned. I'm going to throw this ball up there, come hell or high water. That's not what I'm saying at all. What the point of the tweet was that there's a smarter way to play football and there's a riskier way to play football. And yes, Taylor Heineke, sometimes some amazing plays happen. The, the throw to Cam Sims is one of them. The throw to Cam Sims is in single coverage. The ball is to the outside shoulder towards the sideline with his receiver having outside leverage. That's a good pass. That's the kind of pass you want. The passes you don't want are a pass that hangs up in the air and forces your wide receiver to jump up over two Dallas Cowboys defenders. I understand that Terry McLaurin can do it, but that doesn't mean as a quarterback as a responsible teammate that you hang your wide receiver up there to do that multiple times every day. Chris Chris Russell and I have been talking about this all season long, guys, that somebody was going to get hurt. You saw Logan Thomas take a lot of hard hits uh, during his time playing with Taylor. We've seen Terry McLaurin take hard hit after hard hit playing with Terry Taylor Heineke. It was just kind of bound to happen eventually. One of those, It was just one of those things that was kind of bound to happen. That is what Taylor Heineke has to fix. And if you listen to the comments uh, coming out of this game, guys, from Taylor Heineke specifically. These are comments that were made in week four, in week five, in week six about not trying to do too much, about not trying to be too perfect, about not trying to take, about being smarter with the shots that you're taking. We're 10 weeks later, all right? We're 10 weeks later. Every, a lot of people keep saying Taylor Heineke is essentially a rookie. Here's what I will tell you. People in the National Football League, around week nine, they stop saying that these guys are rookies. Okay, because now you have experience. Like you're in the building, you're in the meetings, you've been through training camp, you've been through the preseason, you've been in and out of eight, nine, ten NFL games. You're not a rookie anymore. All right. And if Taylor Heineke is like quote unquote a rookie, he's only like a rookie in the sense that this is his first year starting in the National Football League in the regular season. Beyond that, that's it. Because there are no other rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. All these guys, Zach Wilson, none of these rookie quarterbacks, all right, are in their fifth or sixth year with their offensive coordinator, the way that Taylor Heineke is. He has been with Scott Turner for five or six years already in the system, in the mindset of the coach. Taylor Heineke has played professional level football, not NFL level football, but professional football. This is not a guy who's never seen live bullets before. And now, again, we are 14 weeks in, 14 games in, 15 weeks. 13 games starting for Taylor Heineke. And we're talking about the same issues, guys. Eventually, the conversation has to start turning into how do we get better versus how do we continue to survive these deficiencies? Taylor Heineke still has time to prove guys like me wrong. The four games were done really well. He managed the game really well. Didn't make the mistakes that cost the team the game. All of those things, you love them. But that is not a winning formula because as soon as you run up against the team 
that does one of two things, stops your running game or scores early and forces you to play catch up, you have to rely on that quarterback and they can't do that with this quarterback. At least not yet. Four more games, minimum, guys. If, if, he, can, if he can come out there and right the ship, then by all means, eventually you have to believe that people are who they show you they are. Just like our friends over at Stance, an apparel company that provides you super soft, entirely unique clothing items that are fun to wear so you can believe that you're getting good quality products. They just launched a new line of active apparel, perfect for holiday gifting time. I own some of their socks and I'm gonna tell you, I love the uniqueness, I love the designs, and I love the feel of the socks themselves. They're next level. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast, David Harrison on Twitter at DHarrison82, show at Locked WFT Pod. Coming back for one more segment, we've got a voicemail coming up from Camion. Real quick, an update on Taylor Heineke and that injury. Head coach Ron Rivera on Monday talking to the media telling everybody that Heineke was a little bit sore, but uh, he should be probably good to go for this weekend. So, and, and Ron did say after the game that if Taylor is healthy, Taylor is the starter. So for those of you who are upset with me and, and think I'm being a little too unfair, again, Taylor still has plenty of time to prove guys like me wrong, and I welcome it. I, I absolutely welcome coming back on this show uh, to tell you that Taylor Heineke uh, was able to carry the team on his shoulders as a quarterback. Would, would much rather this team win because of Taylor instead of winning in spite of Taylor. But on that, let's hit one more voicemail here for this episode. Let's hear from Camion. What up, fellas? Camion here. You know I'm not a moral victory guy in the law, so it's hard for me to say a lot of good about that game. But, David, <laughs> I got to give you your props. You called Holcomb having a beast of a game, and he did. You called him having a pick six, and he did. Wow, Dallas isn't as good as we made them look. Most of our stuff was self-inflicting. I counted at least three, maybe four third downs where we could have got off the field, but it just seemed like they wanted it more. Heineke had a bad game. I mean, a lot of people had a bad game. Those throws to Terry, they were they were all under. Terry and basically every target to him had to fight back instead of 
Heineke, and I don't know if it's because he don't have the arm strength to do it or whatever. It's a couple of them where if Heineke would have put it more out, they probably would have went for six. Yeah, we're not out yet, but instead of us controlling our destiny, we need help now. Let me know what y'all think. I'll holla. All right, Cam, yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Man, I hear frustration as well. Uh, and that's why I hate hearing from fans of football teams and listeners to to the shows that I co-host or that I host is, is frustration coming from the fan base because I know how much you guys care about these teams. I know how much you guys care about what happens uh, on the field. You you dedicate, you know, you plan your weekends, you plan your weeks from, from time to time, uh, when especially when it's a Monday game or a Thursday game around your team and around watching this team go out there and succeed. So as we talk about these things, and that's what's frustrating from this end of of the microphone, guys, is, is talking about some of the same problems over and over and over again. You guys have probably heard this before. The definition of insanity is what? Doing the exact same thing, expecting a different result. And then again, the other cliche that I like to you is when people show you who they are, sometimes you got to believe them. And at this point in time, some of these guys, they just are who they are, and they are who they've shown us to be. Now, there was somebody on Twitter earlier on Monday that pointed out to me and not really something I wasn't aware of, but it's a part of this conversation that we haven't had on this show yet. So I wanted to go ahead and bring it into the locked on WFT fold. And that is that Taylor Heineke is still the best option for this football team. Antonio Gibson is still the best option for this football team. And I will agree with that. Now, Kyle Allen, I will give it a little bit of a grain of salt. What Chris said on yesterday's episode, you know, the Washington football team traded for Kyle. They got Taylor off the streets. They traded for Kyle. They wanted Kyle. They went after Kyle, so to speak. That means something. And I don't know what this team would look like if Kyle Allen was the, the starting quarterback, to be completely honest with you. What I do see, though, is this isn't a scheme problem. This isn't a coaching problem. Some of these problems that we've seen with this team are repetitive problems. And yes, they're problems that went away during the winning streak. But again, guys, put clear put clear lenses on this thing, okay? Don't put any, any tinted lenses on these things. Why did some of those problems go away? Well, by and large, because they minimize the exposure for those problems to happen in the first place. That tells you something. It tells you something from the inside out. Look at those things and analyze them. When you have a team, go to any team. If the Dallas Cowboys were only letting Dak Prescott throw the ball 20 to 25, no more than 30 times a game, what would you be saying about the Dallas Cowboys? The same thing we're all saying about Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott's usage rate has gone way down. and People are saying it's, it's injury. A lot of people outside of Dallas are saying what? No, it's because Ezekiel's not Zeke isn't all that. That's what people are starting to say. So again, you have to apply that same evaluation criteria to your team as well. Now, as far as the Antonio Gibson fumble problem, uh, another self-inflicted wound again led directly to a Dallas Cowboys field goal that made it 27, or uh, that gave them 27 points at the time in the game. That's something that honestly we we know Coach King. Uh, she was on the show. They've talked to him about it. They've they've coached him up on it. We know that the coaches are in there talking about it, coaching him up on it. Um, it, it's on AG. You know what I mean? Gibson, he's, he's just got to figure it out himself or else he's going to find himself on the bench again. Jared Patterson coming in, Jonathan Williams coming in, J.D. McKissick. Maybe he gets healthy enough again to come in uh, this weekend against Philadelphia Eagles. They sure use an injection of some energy. I'll tell you that. So not a lot of good, unfortunately, guys, to talk about on this episode. But listen again, we got to take this thing week by week, just like the teams do this week. Incredibly, incredibly bad week. Chris and I will be here with you all week to chronicle what goes down, what's coming up, and we will give you our true and honest belief, even if we think or know it's going to make some of you mad. Bill and Camion, thank you for calling in and joining the fun on this episode. I appreciate your frustration. I appreciate you guys making those phone calls because I know they're not easy to make in times like this. We want to thank all of you, of course, for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast first listen of the day. 
Come back tomorrow. Chris will be back. Should have a guest on the show, another outside voice to maybe lend a different point of view or provide some more supporting context to what we've been saying. Make your second listen to Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you got a take, if you got questions, if you got something you want to discuss, send them into lockedwftpod at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show like Bill and Camion at 301-615-3577. That's going to do it today, Washington fans. Thanks again for joining us free and available on all platforms. I'm David Harrison, writer at SI.com's Foundation for Chris Russell, part of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst. We'll be back. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. And thank you for joining me right here at the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.